You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7 and Scout, and then a many a Cleveland sports blog before that. Today's show, we'll talk about the game. Oh, wait, no game today. <laughs> that certainly takes a little wind out of the sails of the show uh, in terms of what we'll talk about. We will preview the Yankee series. We'll talk about a possible waiver claim the Indians could make that stood out to me for a few reasons, and we'll talk about the uh, the rescheduling. So due to snow, uh, I live in Wisconsin and I actually live within walking distance from the lake where I am. It, it, you know, it's a bit of a hike. It could be a, a mile or probably closer to two, but whatever. I'm within range uh, at one point today because uh, on Wednesdays we have, you know, again, people know I'm a teacher. So normally uh, you have planning during the week. We do not get planning during the week. We have Wednesdays as deep clean days. So that means I am home doing all of my work in one day instead. What happens is I'm sitting there in the middle of one of my many uh, meetings that I have on Wednesdays with uh, my four, with the team of teachers I work with, and I look out my window and I can't even see the grass. That's how snowy it was here. I know it was uh, pretty bad in Cleveland at points as well. You know, it was so short-lived and so up and down. I, again, I'm not in Ohio, so I can't speak to it, but I just thought it was unusual that they just hurried up to cancel the game. Instead of seeing if there'd be a window where things would uh, go okay. And again, you know, maybe people in Ohio will tell me that there wasn't going to be a window. And that's very possible. So instead, what is going to happen is on May 31st, it's going to be the new doubleheader rules. It'll be a pair of seven inning games. One will start at 3 o'clock and the other one will start after the first one ends. So that's just something to keep in mind that that is how they're going to make up those games. It is a doubleheader on the 31st. And I was supposed to mention at the start of the show, I realized I didn't mention Locker Room, who is uh, our title sponsor today. I will be doing a Saturday uh, night one during the baseball game while Bieber and Garrett Cole are pitching. I will be doing a Locker Room. Uh, It's an interesting experience. I had some really great ones at the start and I've had some lesser ones of late. Currently it's only on iOS, but uh, it allows me to allow someone to speak and we can have direct chats. It also sets up where you can just type in and ask questions. Uh, I'm going to set a rule in my chat, though, that uh, I must engage with someone before they can come on and speak. Uh, there have been some kids in England who are deciding to be funny during these things. But Saturday, I will be doing a locker room during the big uh, Shane Bieber Garrett Cole matchup. And of course, that's a good transition to talk about that matchup. While one can argue the Indians have not faced a lot of offensive powerhouses in the early going for Shane Bieber, he has certainly had a lot of marquee matchups, and this is going to be another one, with Garrett Cole pitching very well for the Yankees so far in the early going this year. Uh, if you listen to my one-and-a-halfer with Stacy Gatsoulias from Locked On Yankees, you got to hear about you know the Yankees' struggles, and it's been a struggle. They are off, too, I saw with their loss tonight, their worst start since... 1991 and I was thinking to myself in my mind this is where I was going man I remember 
it was either the 91 or the 1990 season when Roberto Kelly was the MVP because it was back when I was heavy into collecting cards and, you know, every team would have their MVP cards. For instance, for the Cleveland Indians after the 1990 season, even though it probably should have been Sandy Elmar Jr., who that was his second greatest season of his entire career was that rookie year. Uh, for the Yankees, or for the Indians, it was Candy Maldonado instead. The Yankees, though, were able to turn Roberto Kelly into Paul O'Neill. And then all those young players came up, and that was kind of the beginning of a rolling dynasty with uh, the Steinbrenners, and I should say specifically George, spending. Hal doesn't like to spend like Dad did. And, you know, these some of the big trades, has you know, specifically the Stanton trade has been a bit of a disaster for them. And what we talked about is everyone on this team is underperforming right now, just across the board. It is pretty much outside of Garrett Cole. Everyone is massively underperforming for the Yankees. So the question then becomes, are they going to continue to do that? Uh, Can the Indians take advantage of a team that is scuffling? Or are the Indians going to be the antidote for what has ailed the Yankees this year? I mean, just looking very basically over at Fangraphs where they have their power rankings. Now, those aren't necessary they're not not something i would use for evaluation other than surface evaluation it's not like i'd be like oh the indian should trade for this guy because he's ranked 90th but it comes down to it you have aaron judge and dj lemayhu in the 80s and those are the only guys in the you know the top 100 for this that's how rough it has been for the yankees a lot of players underperforming in the early going that can't be right I was just looking at, like, I don't know what uh, uh, 12W... I mean, I know W means win, and um, but it doesn't change the fact that uh, it doesn't match... Well, I guess it was from... Okay, yeah, it's just because that was earlier in the week. It's just weirdly shaded across the screen, so it threw me off. But, yeah, with the loss to the Braves today and with that not being inputted in here and that input in here, and that's what kind of throws me off a little bit is some of that missing data. Uh, again, the Yankees' worst start since 1991. Uh, a team that is struggling big time in every way. Uh, in terms of like, they are six and eleven in the Central or in the East. If you're just looking across baseball, that's the Twins are by the way also six and eleven. So for everyone who wants to jump out about how the Indians are are done for, uh, the Twins are start sitting six and eleven, and then. Uh, over out west, the Astros are seven and ten after their hot start, and then the Athletics, who started out just awful, have won what 10, 11 in a row. Speaking of the Athletics, we'll also talk about Kaye Tom and what is going on with him uh, as he moved to a new team today. So that'll be something else to talk about in segment two. Uh, continuing to talk about the Yankees, though, the team that the Indians are going to face, the matchups we now know some of them, not all of them, but. Uh, Domingo Herman and Aaron Savali Thursday, Jordan Montgomery, Logan Allen Friday, Saturday, Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber, and then Tristan McKenzie, probably James Tyon, but uh, to be determined, has not been announced for that matchup when I was looking at uh, media information. In that one, it is still listed as to be determined. Uh, so for the Indians, basically everyone got pushed back a day. It's a day of extra rest for their starters with no game today. Uh, we will see 
if they call up a starter for that doubleheader or how they will handle that in the future. But just very basically, that is how this sets up. Uh, second segment in the show today, we'll talk about, again, a possible player who could be acquired to help the Indians. We'll talk about Kat, Kai A. Tom and his situation. Then we'll come back with that deep dive on the pitching matchups in the third segment of our show today. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you're in. You can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'm hosting Locker Rooms for Locked On Indians once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Uh, it's a perfect place to start to join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on Locked On Indians podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Uh, if I get good conversations on there, I can download that audio and uh, turn in the podcast. So that's your chance to, to join in. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting during the Indians game. Uh, this Saturday. Go to the download the free locker room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Jeff MLB Draft to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning again to go live this Saturday. Our other fantastic sponsor is Rock Auto. You know them, you love them. I recently got an ad for them uh, in the mail and I'm like, you don't need to send me your ads. I know all about you. Rock Auto is it's a one central location that keeps their costs low and they pass on that savings to the consumer. Now you have to know about cars to be able to install the parts and pieces from Rock Auto. If you do, this is it's a fantastic place with a ton of great information for the parts and pieces for your car at fantastic prices. Again, I always advocate it is a tool for you to know that you are getting a good deal whenever you get your car fixed. And if you're not, go to some place where maybe you can order the part bring it in and they install it for you because that savings you will get from Rock Auto is well worth the extra time and steps to get there. And when you do order something from Rock Auto, make sure in the how'd you hear about us box, type locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indian, some form of locked on to let them know that their advertising dollars are well spent. That's rockauto.com. Make sure to tell them locked on sent you. I don't have to tell any Cleveland sports fan that the NFL draft is next week. Uh, on top of it being a national holiday for all Browns fans after years of terribleness, it's in Cleveland. If you want to hear from our local experts, remember to check out the Draft Networks. Uh, subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch a live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. That's right, they're going to do their own live coverage. If you're tired of hearing Mel, or which I know I am, or any of those others like that, Check this out. It's a good group. Uh, the draft dudes are knowledgeable, good dudes. So there's my so. I can't help myself even when I try not to do it. Let's start with Kaye Tom. Kaye Tom went one for 16 with the A's. Very limited action. Now he made the team for those of you who, man, the people who wanted to jump down my throat about spring training. I, I got into it online with a few Uh because it's the whole idea that Jimenez forced his way on the team. I don't, I don't know if he did. Uh, he he helped his case, uh, but it was one of those situations. Is it really that Jimenez forced open that door or that Rosario's defense made them more hesitant to uh, to not go with Jimenez at shortstop? Either way, uh, and then the whole thing, the other one was that, oh, you know, the Trevor, 
stuff. And I was like, no, the, the Indians genuinely liked his arm. They want to see him against real competition. Uh, it, what he did in spring, unless he laid a complete egg, wasn't in effect. But for those who do like the spring stats, he had a 310, 412, 555, or 552. So that's a, what, a 964 OPS. He had a home run, two doubles, a triple. He had some walks. Uh, he had a strong spring. And he's always performed well in the minors. The the tra- I mean, he performed well going back to college. Here's a guy who performed exceptionally well in the SEC and still fell to fifth, sixth round just because he's not big and he doesn't hit for power. Uh, size is an, an issue. Now, this is where it gets interesting because... Oakland was a team trying to contend. He was going to have limited chances. And that's just the truth of it. So he got designated for assignment. They needed to call up... uh, I can't remember who they needed to call up, but they were calling someone up, which meant he was let go. He enters the same waiver process as everyone else, even though he's a Rule 5 pick, which means any team can claim him, and the Pirates jumped up. They waived Anthony Alford, who, man, he was such a big prospect with the Blue Jays. And like it's the he's the counter of Tom. Like these guys, you cannot make two players that are more like Bizarro versions. If you want to get not even Bizarro because that makes it sound like there's a degree of similarity. They're polar opposites. Alfred Anthony Alford was the big athlete, the guy who played college football for a few years, was one of the best athletes in his draft class. The Blue Jays said, "Go ahead and play. Uh, we know you'll come back to baseball." And he did well at first in the lower minors, but never performed exceptionally in the upper minors. And that's kind of been his story is that as he's progressed, he's not had extended looks in the big leagues, but they have not been good. And when you look at like triple a, his OPS there, 700 double a, he only had 68 games. It was an 835, even high a, which he spent four seasons in 743. Uh, a lot of his highest like uh, prospect rankings came in like 2016 and in 17 and 18, which is when he was just starting to get into kind of the, some of those lower minors, and it was more about the ceiling potential with him as this athletic outfielder. And instead, uh, it just doesn't come together. You know, he has size, he has athleticism, he has all these tools, and now he's looking for a home again. I'll be very curious to see if anyone else tries to claim him or see uh, if they can, if he's more than an athlete playing baseball, uh, which is right now so far the way he has seemed. It, it, teams love the tools and by all accounts, a good dude. Uh, there's never been a negative about him as a player or a person. It's just the production hasn't been there. So the other side of that coin, the guy who was never produced versus the guy who's produced at every level, but is not big, is not athletic, does not have power potential, big time power potential. The Pirates claim Tom. He's going to get a chance. They need a center fielder. They don't want to move Reynolds uh, into center. They think he can handle it, but they don't think that's his natural home. And they want him to focus on the position. They think he's going to play for them long term. Dustin Fowler, who is another A's uh, prospect at one point in time, is really the only other player they have out there. Kai Tom, Kai Tom might legitimately become the Pirates' starting center fielder. Uh, if he does not find success there, he will more than likely be offered back to the Indians. I don't think another team will claim him. 
if he gets let go again because he doesn't perform just because at that point in time he will have had a look he will have had that chance and the pirates i mean i love their approach with this it's what they did they went multiple players in the rule five draft adding tom now and they they ripped it down to the 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 studs and they're going to try guys. And Tom is the perfect type of guy to try because all he has done has been productive. All he has done is perform. All he has done is get better every year. Uh, you can look at the physical limitations and just, eh, it's not going to happen. But on a very basic level, it's like, look at someone like Jose Altuve, look at Jose Ramirez. Just because you're not big doesn't mean uh, you can't have power. And those guys have more power than uh, Tom, but I, I think he could be a 15 home run person, maybe more. I, th- I think just to make assumptions because of his height is a big reason why his value has been down, but there are forward thinking teams and, you know, the pirates are just, they are building for way down the line. They are not thinking about this year or next year. Why not roll the dice on a guy who has performed at every level at every step against the best competition? I think it's a good move by them. Uh, that is why he was not offered back to the Indians. Another team is keeping him on their roster. Now, I said I would talk about a player that the Indians should consider here. So let's talk about a release by the Tigers or a player that they waived, which is Renato Nunez. I talked about him very briefly in the offseason about, I don't know if the Indians should go for him. The Tigers, I believe, added him at you know basically league minimum salary. This is a player who his highest earnings was 562000 uh, That was, again, just a step above league minimum. He is not performing particularly well, but it is the smallest of sample sizes. It is all of 29 plate appearances in seven games. So small sample size. If you go back before that and you look at 2018, where he had 261 plate appearances, OPS of 102. 2019, OPS of 102 with Baltimore. And then last year in 2020, an OPS of 119. He did have 31 home runs in 2019. Not a great on base, low power, walk some, but not enough. So why should the Indians consider him? Because the last three years, he's been an above league average bat who can play first base. And I don't think they're going to give up on Bowers anytime soon. I think the front office, you know, they made that trade thinking they were getting uh, a future starter for their organization, and I, I don't think they're willing to move on from him yet. But I, I'm not a big believer in what they have, unless you're going to go with Nolan Jones. So if you can get a guy at league minimum who can hit 30 home runs in a season and produce uh, a league average or better on base percentage, go for it. <laughs> That's my general view right now. Uh, first, I mean. A lot of spots on the Indians right now I would kill for league average. And that's a statement I made last year. It's a statement I made the year before that. It's a statement I'll continue to make until this offense gets closer to being league average. But I think you at least consider uh, Renato Nunez just because he can be a league average bat. And he can play first base. Maybe not play it well, but he can uh, handle the position. His defensive war were... I mean, but he was playing third at a negative... 1.6 and a negative 0.5. That's a much more difficult position than first base. Not to say he would be good there, but I think he would not be terrible there. Uh, I don't think they'll try it. I don't think they'll make that gamble. They'd rather just stick with the young players they have. And I know I pushed for seeing a lot of these young players, uh, but the problem right now is it's still not like you're seeing Bowers consistently. He's in a, a heavy platoon. Uh, you're still running out 
some other players. Uh, luckily, the gamble experiment is over. And like I said, I'm I'm fine. Get, let Loop low out there and hit because uh, right now he's doing it when other people aren't. But I'm going to continue when players become available to just at least look at them and explain why it could make sense. I mean, for his career and over a thousand at bats, he has an OPS plus of 103, just a smidge above average. But still, again, this Indians team, I would kill for a smidge above average at multiple positions. So that is why I think you at least have to look at, consider, and think about him. Let's go over to Bet Online today and check out what their line is on the game tomorrow. As is my way to talk about Bet Online, one of our fantastic sponsors and the official uh, line sponsor for us over here on Locked On. So, looking at tomorrow's matchup, again, not one that appears. So, this is one that uh, Bet Online is viewing as a close matchup. Remember, when you are at Bet Online, to go use that promo code Locked On to get a 55-0% bonus on your first deposit. That's a huge amount of money, a 50% bonus. Who do I like? What's a matchup I see on here that I think is a good one to go all in on? Um, I might. I don't necessarily love Alex Cobb, but I do like Christian Javier. But the Astros aren't playing well. The Angels are playing well, and the Angels are getting a run and a half in that one. Based on lines here, I'd be tempted to go with that one in terms of the games on Thursday. But go check it out for yourself. Remember to go to Bet Online, use that promo code Locked On to get that big five zero fifty percent bonus. You know, we've I've been reading the ad copy for Blue Nile, and you guys know that just reading a straight ad copy isn't necessarily my thing. So I finally went over to Blue Nile to check out their ten by ten. That is the specific the ten by ten collection I did. Blue Nile 1010, and that gets you right here. And it is very cool. You can see, for instance, ring number one. They have the artist's name, and I don't want to butcher it. She's from you know Chicago. You see design style, inspiration, symbolism. You get so much information. Uh, here's someone from New York and all of those same things. I was trying to figure out which one I like the most, and I'm I get a very simple engagement ring. My wife and I do simple rings. I it's kind of a s simple, elegant look. Like That's something that kind of appeals. And I, I think it was number nine here, the Platte Boutique Jewelry. Uh, inspiration of Victorian crown, simple in form, but rich in symbolism. And that's, again, I like the traditional kind of simple, but rich. Uh, go check it out for yourself over at Blue Nile 1010. You can see these 10 different ring designs. They're all very cool, very interesting. I like that they take the second and give all of the uh, the women who made these rings some spotlight, and you can go see for yourself. It's very cool. Check it out. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Lockdown and Odyssey, is happening now, featuring analysis from experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lincoln, Fora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. I gotta admit, it makes me a little bit jealous. I know the baseball draft... We have done things like this in the past to small degrees, uh, but you know there isn't the trades, there isn't the quite the hype. Uh, it's a really cool thing. Go check out the ultimate mock draft. Remember, Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcast, music, and news that matters to you. That's A U D A C Y. So the Yankees, Domingo Herman is the first pitcher. Uh, he missed all of 2020 due to a domestic violence uh, suspension. He is, I believe he has had one start this year, but it's, we go back, we look at the advanced data. 
look how he is versus lefties and righties for his career. Kind of give us an idea of how the Indians try and stack the deck. He is a right-handed pitcher. He strikes out about one, close to one and a half more hitters per game. When he is uh, facing a righty, he walks about half as many per game. Uh, so a lefty walks a little bit more. The home run rate is also a little bit higher for a left-handed bat. It's interesting. You go down the line, uh, his bat pips are near identical. But the batting average against is about 20 points higher for a lefty. So while a lot of the data is very close for him, versus lefty, versus righty, versus lefty, versus righty, there is just so many places. Like in each category, he is slightly worse or somewhat worse. Never like, you know, it's not like a huge split, but there's enough little splits in there that his FIP is a whole run higher against left-handed hitters. It's 5.14 as opposed to 4.13. 4.13 is solid. It's good. It's not great, but it's a solid kind of back end. 5.14 is not good. Long story short, Indians should be loading up on every lefty they can because uh, that FIP is, again, not good. And the big thing also with Herman is he is home run prone. He is someone that his FIPs and his ex-FIP have some pretty big gaps between them because of higher home run rates. So the Indians should also be trying to think about who can get the ball out. Now, they don't have a lot of left-handed power hitters, but still, that's going to be a way to get to, to Herman is power and lefties. That's just how it is shaped up for him. Uh, and additionally, he's a guy who gets significantly worse during medium and high leverage situations and with men on base. Some players, uh, it doesn't seem to affect them. I mean, there's always a degree of not being as good in those situations. That's just the truth of the matter. But he has, again, about a run differential uh, between those stats. So the more runners you get on base... We'll ignore the game from yesterday where the Indians had runners on base all day and uh, still came away, came away with a loss. But in this situation, with Herman hitting for power, left-handed bats, that's going to be the approach to get to him in that matchup. And while we're here, let's also profile Jordan Montgomery, who's going to start Friday's game. Then we can, for Friday's podcast, uh, profile Garrett Cole, and then hopefully we'll have the information about who's going to start the Sunday game. Jordan Montgomery is a better pitcher. That's just the truth of the matter for his career. He is very interesting in the regard that, you know, it's like one less strikeout per nine versus lefties. Walk rate is very close, not even a a half differential there. Home run rate, again, very close. Average is, this is where it kind of gets interesting because Typically, you expect left-handers to hit for a higher average, but they don't. Their average is 70 points lower than a right-hander's average against him. Uh, The bat-pip difference is 80 points uh, lower. So his ex-fip, I mean, well, I don't like ex-fips. I'll just talk about fip. His fips are extremely close. Lefty, righty, they are right in, in line with each other. He's a guy, at the same time, it's been, what, only about 247 innings, so it's not the largest career sample size. But you look at that bat pit being as low as it is, what that basically is telling me is that so far through his career in the limited sa- sample that we have, uh, left-handed, pitcher, left-handed hitters, I should say, have been extremely unlucky against him. That 187 isn't going to stay. Uh, pitching bat pips are very consistent, more so than hitters. Like with hitters, there are certain players who just can hold a higher bat pip due to speed or just due to ability. We don't see it as much with pitchers, and I don't think we ever see it down at 211. Uh, 
So right now, when I look at a lot of this interpretation data and it's like, oh, well, his FIP is, his FIP actually says that he's better against lefties than righties. Well, yes, FIP's a great predictor, but again, your general sample size versus lefties for him is 44 innings for his career. So very small, very, very, very small. And that's why we get very, very skewed data. Uh, and if you're like, well, what was he a reliever? No, you only pitch two innings as a reliever. It's just he has not had those opportunities as a starter. Uh, in terms of leverage, his worst performance over the course of his career, again, small sample size, when you're looking at, at, at XFIP, and this is where it gets fun or interesting again, with XFIP, it's, it says that he's worse in low leverage, but FIP says that he's worse in high leverage. The two completely disagree. Why do they completely disagree? Because the home run rates. Uh, that's the only way that I could see those data as being that diametrically opposed, where one is saying they're better at this and the other is saying they're better at this. Uh, that is just, it's not something I can ever recall seeing. So it's more of an interesting statistical anomaly. Uh, but, well, and then it's interesting because, I mean, men in scoring position is according to situational stats where he is at his best by XFIP and his second worst by FIP. Uh, and they say that his best in FIP is bases empty where XFIP says that's his second best. So it's he's kind of all over the place. So why is he all over the place when I'm trying to get data from him? Again, we just don't have enough. There's not enough innings with Jordan Montgomery. He's been a solid starter for the Yankees. He's not necessarily... Uh, someone you're going to want to see pitching in the postseason, you go through and just look at him. It's like most of his stuff came from 2017, 155 innings, 2018, 27, 2019, four, 44 last year. He's up to 17 this year. Uh, yeah, he's he's been inconsistent at points. And I know there was an injury as well, but it, as a, you know, he's a left-handed pitcher. I misspoke when I said that earlier. I think I said that he was a right-handed pitcher. But he's one of those guys who's been good. He just hasn't been able to be consistent. And part of it was I was just trying to pull up his data in here where it's like just a lot of up and downs. You know, he had Tommy John surgery, and that cost him time as well. He's When he is there for the Yankees, when he has been healthy – for them, he's been a good four-five, and right now they could certainly use a good four-five. Now, for the Indians, Jordan Montgomery has been—I mean, he's. Hey, we talked about those uh, FanGraphs power roster resource uh, power rankings. He's sixty-first. He actually made the top one hundred, which is not something you're seeing for a lot of uh, Yankees players right now. He's been, you know, one of their better pitchers. Now, he is a lefty, and the Indians lineup should be made to beat up lefties. He is a pitcher that they should be able to get to. We'll see if that happens or not, but they are now a right-handed heavy team after years of being left-handed heavy. That gives the Indians, and that's, I mean, Friday matchup is lefty on lefty. We'll have to see how that goes. The Yankees are an extremely right-handed team as well. So that's not going to do Logan Allen any favors after his rough start last week. But that's kind of the matchup. I'll go into who I think are going to win all the games in terms of tomorrow slash today's game. Uh, I think the Indians should be the favorites. They have the better pitcher on the mound. They're facing a team that is scuffling 
to the extreme. And while the Indians haven't been great, they have not been struggling as much as the Yankees. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review and download daily. And for the next year, at least, go Tribe.